Hello, welcome to this episode of Inner Pursuit. I'm David Pearson. Today, we are going to be exploring brain inflammation as a result of post-concussive syndrome and the nutrition that possibly can help. I know it's helped me, and I would like to share that with you at this time. So without anything else, let's go ahead and I guess uh, further ado is a proper way to say it there. Let's get started on this. Before I move into the nutrition, I would like to point out, I'd like to point out my YouTube channel. If you like the videos I'm doing, and if you, even if you like the podcast, please subscribe to my podcast or please subscribe to YouTube and hit that like button. Uh, if you do this, please also share it. This can help get my name out there. This can help get the information out there because this information really does um, lack out in the uh, World Wide Web. And even some doctors are not is not even aware of how to help people appropriately, at least from my experience on dealing with them on help to on how to help them appropriately to recover from post concussive syndrome or brain injuries. And this is where I am providing the information now. On that note, uh, not just my YouTube channel, but I also have a website. It's at inthepursuit.com. Here I am slowly building this website up, but you're going to get more information as to how you can support me even further through Patreon, uh, through Bitcoin, um, or even just a place to follow the website, see where you can pick up the podcast and YouTube videos. If you're to go on to, take for example, if you're to go on to one of these articles here, all you gotta do is click on it. I post our YouTube videos up and I also post my podcast up right below that. And we do the podcast mainly on Anchor right now, which is broadcast through, um, oh geez. If only if I can think right now on this, um, it's brought is broadcast through various uh, podcast outlets such as iTunes, uh, Google, and um, other podca podcast outlets. I am going to get that down for you and uh, make sure I have the links here up on the website. Uh, please go ahead, check it out, follow and subscribe. It's definitely going to help me out a lot. Now, before I really jump on into, before I really jump on into um, what the nutrition is, let's talk about brain inflammation first. You can get brain inflammation. Doctors never really talk to me about brain inflammation and the impact it can have on it. But when you, let's say if you're to get an injury or a bruise, what happens in that particular spot? If you're to break an arm, does it just stay thin does it still stay the same no it gets black and blue it gets bruised and then you also have swelling of the skin which can cause a lot of discomfort especially around the nerves and putting pressure on that when that does happen that's inflammation that is happening in your body and it's causing you some additional symptoms and pain on top of what you're already experiencing now when you get a head injury or a concussion say from a car accident or a sport sporting event um or even just by falling down and hitting your chin on a rock or a simple run, walking into a bar or a low platform. Any one of these things can cause 
a head injury or a concussion. When you experience that concussion, and don't forget, concussion and brain injuries are one the same. It's just a what kind of level the brain injury is is at. When you get a concussion or a brain injury, what do you think happens to your brain? You may not necessarily see inflammation on your forehead or seeing your head get bigger, but your brain does become inflamed. When I got my uh, post-concussive syndrome or the minor brain injury from the car accident, it took a while for me, a long while, to put the two and two together as to what was happening. The best way that I could describe it to people is that whenever I look at light, the more I get active, the more I, um, the more I think and use the power of my brain, it would feel like it would blow up like a balloon. It just feels like it's like a feeling there. The way that you would see a balloon is the way that my head would feel. And I would describe that. Doctors would look at me puzzled. I described it to my wife like that. She sat down with me uh, in front of doctors, and that's how doctors end up believing me more that something was going on in my head as a result of the injury. But I didn't know how to put it together. It took a few months to actually where as things started to come on down, things started to make more sense to me. And uh, I was experiencing very slow recovery. I was able to put the two and two together, have the words come to mind. I am actually experiencing inflammation of the brain. When you get inflammation of the brain, it can cause a variety of symptoms. Now, inflammation does not just have to happen by an injury alone. It can come by malnutrition. If you're not getting the right nutrition in your body, your brain will complain because your brain loves certain types of foods. And if you don't give your brain that certain types of foods, it will inflame, it will complain. And you will not experiencing the same, you'll not experience the same feelings or the symptoms that I have as a brain injured person, but you will experience other similar symptoms that I've had when I first initially got the symptoms. But it's more upon, let's say, like a mental side and the physical side. And this is where people say like, yeah, it's either chemical imbalance in the brain. Um, it's imbalance. Uh, you're just born like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. It's all about nutrition and getting it down. Let's explore what uh, brain inflammation is first further and what kind of symptoms can come with this. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with you. Let's uh, get this up appropriately. And I am going to get the right website on up. So if you're watching me live on YouTube, you can see the website that I'm pulling up. I'm going to give that a moment to load. There we go. And of course, the title of the page is Brain Inflammation. It comes from Integrative Psychiatry, <laughs> can't even say it, uh, integrativepsychiatry.net. And this website has some excellent health information on there as to um, what mental health is really like right here. But brain inflammation definitely plays an impact on mental health. And of course, when you sustain a concussion, have post-concussive syndrome, or brain injury of some sorts, you're going to be having brain inflammation, and you're going to be experiencing a variety of symptoms. Now, even beforehand, those, those symptoms can be 
if first off, if you're hearing that, I don't know what's going on upstairs and what my family is doing. And I do apologize for that loud noise. Uh, I'll make sure I get it taken care of this next time. Now, now where was I at? I did lose track, but we're going to go ahead and focus on this website with a variety of symptoms that can, that can come as a result of inflammation. And even if you don't have the brain injury, pay attention. This can apply to you. But if you know someone who does, definitely be very helpful. So we got the link between brain inflammation and and mental health. They should also include brain injury. Extensive research has shown that brain inflammation is connected to virtually all types of mental illness. And I'm going to highlight that. It, for those of you watching, I'm going to get rid of my face there. So no, it doesn't really do that much. But here we go. All types of mental illness, mood disorders, such as depression, anxiety, as well as more serious conditions like autism, dementia, even schizophrenia, have all been linked to inflammation of the brain. Inflammation is also a contributing factor in such health issues as cardiovascular disease, asthma, and allergies, autoimmune diseases like arthritis, uh, hypo thyroid hypothyroidism may be influenced by inflammation as well please see dr dave's blog blah 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 uh, so what do we mean by inflammation and why does it affect of affect us negatively in so many ways inflammation here we go inflammation is an immune system response to environmental irritants toxins and infections when the immune system is activated by one of these intruders pro-inflammatory hormones signal the white blood cells to rush in and clean up the infected or damaged tissue one of the invaders have been uh, subdued <clears throat> or once the invaders have been subdued anti-inflammatory agents move in to begin the healing process and sometimes to begin that healing process we need to help it and bring in also take in the right kind of agents the right kind of food to help with that anti-inflammatory process to help with that healing process in a normal immune system a natural balance existing balance exists between inflammation and the anti-inflammatory agents but in some cases the immune system gets stuck in a high gear and symptoms of inflammation do not recede this is known as chronic inflammation inappropriate inflammation over a long period of time can lead to the damage or destruction of tissue now think about your brain if you let this inflammation go on in your brain for a long period of time it will lead to the destruction of your tissue this tissue damage can ultimately lead to cardiovascular disease cancer neurodegenerative diseases such as alzheimer's and parkinson's disease and other forms of dementia adhd autism and mood disorders like anxiety and depression this is pretty serious stuff if this is not making you think now what will this affects your own personal life this affects your friends this affects your family if you do not take care of the inflammation in your brain please take a look at integrative psychiatry 
www.thepodcastnetwork.net for more information on this. Um, Inflammation needs to be treated. Now, where I am at now and how I got here, I cannot take credit for this. I cannot. Because like I said, the professionals that I have seen did not provide this kind of information to me. Of course, the brain clinic that I went to out in Provo, Utah, Cognitive FX, they provided diet nutrition information to me. They didn't provide too much of the whys, but they promoted the diets. I don't think that they provided the right kind of diet information. Of course, they do promote eating a lot of greens, a lot of vegetables, and cutting out sugar. Ooh, sugar. Keyword. We're going to come back to that. All right. The diet that they, the diet recommendations that they had wasn't necessarily bad. It helped with the progress of their program. But what do you do in the long term? What do you do to help feed your brain the appropriate food to help decrease the inflammation? Like I said, these answers were very difficult because I was going by with some of the things that's what these guys recommended. Sometimes I didn't have the time to go by with what they recommended. I still suffered at times. But now my suffering is a lot less. And I give thanks to God Almighty for the answers that I've received. I had felt impressed many times to start up CrossFit. A doctor even recommended to take up CrossFit to um, help with the exercise. And that was mainly to help with my diet. It wasn't necessarily mainly to help with my brain, but to help get my body working again. And so he thought that CrossFit would work out good. CrossFit challenged me. They have these moments. Uh, the CrossFit group that I'm a part of, Crucial's CrossFit, they are definitely awesome. They have, excuse me, if you're, if you're a part of CrossFit or if you're looking into it, they will have seasonal challenges. Excuse me. And these challenges that they have is diet challenges or maybe personal goal challenges. There's something to get you to be challenged, to become better than what you already are. They want you better today than you were yesterday. They want you to improve today so you can be better tomorrow. And that's the whole purpose of CrossFit. And we're not just talking about physically, to have physical stamina, but to have that mental stamina and capacity as well. I took them up on their challenges. And one of the challenges that I took them up on was keto. That wasn't the first challenge that I've taken up. I've taken up other down cha diet challenges, which I have saw excessive weight loss in a short period of time. But then yet after that challenge was over, I picked it right back up. But we had a challenge to do keto. So I decided to take them up on the challenge. We put a little bit of money in the pot. And what it is is that uh, there's a first, second, third place winner. Uh, one gets uh, cash prize. The other one gets Amazon gift cards. The other one gets like hey, a souvenir. These are things for say, hey, encouragement among uh, among each other in the class. Let's see if we can push each other um, and to do better. And the coaches are definitely great in helping and aiding in that process. I tried keto. It was when I tried it. It was the very wrong form of keto, but it was a certain type of keto. It what it's what got me started. After three weeks, I started noticing something different with my brain. I started 
feeling relief and not just relief, more relief than what I've had before. But for the first time ever since I've had the brain injury, I felt normal. If you have a brain injury, minor brain injury, severe brain injury, you remember normal. Or you may even forget what normal was like. But for me to say normal was a big deal because I was forgetting what normal was normal was like. I was feeling normal, which was fantastic. It was awesome. And then the challenge was over. I decided to go ahead and splurge. And when I splurge, I started uh, having inflammation again. I was like, okay, great. After a week of splurging, I went back onto the keto diet, but then yet I wasn't getting it quite right. I wasn't given the right kind of guidance. I didn't really know how to do it or right kinds of foods to eat. My wife, she tried to um, make some foods. She, this was new to her too. And she was trying to make some foods for me as well that could help. And it was great on the, on the guidance that she was given. But then yet I wasn't feeling as normal like I did the first time around because I was fully committed to it. It was very dirty. If you are doing a keto diet, you know what dirty keto is. It was very dirty, um, probably almost grotesque dirty. <laughs> but uh, um, there's one more part that was not being taken care of. Keto was helping me feel normal. And there's one more part. So I was praying to God. And I just said, I, I really told him, and I prayed about this a lot but I was very sincere on this moment. I said, Heavenly Father, I am suffering. I still feel the pressure on my brain. It won't go away. I need it to be gone. Please help me. I don't know where to turn to. I don't know what to look for. I need guidance on this because there's no one out there who can help me understand this. I had an instant response and I felt impressed and a thought came to my mind. Look into green tea extract. Well, that was pretty specific. <laughs> green tea extract. Um, I'm going to bring my screen back up. Look into green tea extract. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me before I get further down into this road. Part of my faith, and I'm a firm believer in Jesus Christ, and I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm telling you this to understand my background. Just like some other religious cultures, we have the do's and don'ts of what's appropriate to take and what not. Where if you're to look at the Jews as a religion, one of the big no's is you don't eat pork. For us as Latter-day Saints, we were told that one of the no's is don't drink coffee, don't drink tea, don't drink alcohol. But we're also given a list of do's, and we have this uh, scripturally to eat grains, fruits, vegetables, to take in the good things into our bodies. We were told that tobacco is good for um, the wounds of a cow or cattle or for animals, but then yet yeah, it's not good for man to take in. And so I live by my faith firmly, firmly, but we also believe that if anything or to be done that 
medically, it's okay to take also. It had never crossed my mind to ever look at green tea. I know I've heard other people, and I think I've probably heard my wife is like, what about green tea? What about this? And uh, these are long periods of time, their thought process. And sometimes my wife has even tried to encourage me to take green tea to get off caffeine. And I would drink a lot of sodas too at the time. So for me to get this answer, look into green tea extract was profound because it goes against what I, not completely against because it would be a medical purpose, but really what I was taught, you don't take this stuff unless it's for, unless it's for medical purposes. I took it seriously, but I didn't take green tea extract immediately. I went to go do my research first. Why would God give me such an answer on green tea? So we're going to explore that some more, and we're going to explore keto diet together. First off, let's look at green tea. And I am loading up the website here. So those of you that are watching on YouTube can go ahead and see this. I am looking at healthline.com. And this is the nutritional section of healthline.com. I looked up various definitions uh, to see how green tea can be helpful, to see why does it work, what compounds does it have, and what kind of green tea extracts there is that I can take. And I found um, I found a compound in there known as EGCG. And I'll be straight up with you. I am not going to even try to pronounce the long word of it. Uh, but EGCG, egg, gamma, central, gamma, EGCG. That's what it is. You can Google it. Look this information up for yourself. And let's take a deeper look here. What Healthline has to say about EGCG. When I was looking at it, I found that EGCG had some anti-inflammatory compounds, which was great. And also, also that it's actually a superfood, a super antioxidant for your body. It also promotes cellular growth, cellular regeneration in the body to help the cells, well, to promote good positive cell growth in the body. But the inflammation is what that got me. And um, it also talked about, I also found some sites where it targeted neurons specifically. But we're going to take a look at healthline.com. EGCG is a unique plant compound that gets a lot of attention for its potential positive impact on health. It's thought to reduce inflammation, aid weight loss, and help prevent heart and brain disease. Okay, helps prevent heart and brain disease. Doesn't have anything in here about brain injury because really no one knows how to link brain between link the two between brain injury and what kind of nutrition you need appropriately. This was self-exploratory for me. I'm sharing it with you. This article reviews EGCG, including its health benefits and possible side effects. So let's look at what EGCG is. Formerly known as, there's that long word again, I'm going to jump right to it. EGCG is a type of plant-based compound called ketchin. Ketchins may further categorize into a large group of plant compounds known as poly... Uh, polyphenosis or polyphenols, polyphenols, 
forgive me for getting these words wrong, <laughs> uh, free radicals or EGCG and other related catchins act as potential antioxidants that may protect against cellular damage caused by free radicals. Free radicals are highly reactive particles formed in your body that can damage your cells when their numbers get too high. I don't know what these free radicals are, but I'm reading it to you. It's sounding good so far. Eating foods in eating foods high in antioxidants like ketchins may help limit free radical damage. Additional research suggests that ketchins like EGCG may reduce inflammation and prevent certain chronic conditions, including heart disease, diabetes, and some cancers. EGCG exists naturally in several plant-based foods, but is also available in a dietary supplement, usually sold in the form of an extract. And that's what I take. I'm taking an EGCG extract. Now, if you're to just go ahead and jump the gun and start to order something with EGCG, be careful because there is a warning on EGCG. If you take too much, you can damage your liver and we don't want to damage your liver. So what is the appropriate milligram amount of EGCG? Personally, and what's working for me is 200 milligrams. But when I take it, I need to take it with food. If I do not take it with food, I get nauseated. So, and it even tells you that on the bottle, take it with food. And I take the, um, I take the now brand, not a sponsor, but the now brand of uh, herbal extracts of EGCG decaf. And the decaf actually works out very well. It doesn't make me hyper. And whenever I need uh, caffeine to help me get through the day to work off a day, I take other forms of it. Uh, but definitely not soda anymore. That's all part of keto. I'll get more into that in a bit. Uh, but you look at that, you got to be careful what you take in. You got to make sure it's the right dosage amount. Uh, what I've read is don't take higher than 400 milligrams a day or 500 milligrams a day. So I just take the 200 milligram uh, capsule from the now brand. And the first time when I took that, I didn't really take too much food with it. And I did experience nausea. I sat there for a little bit hunched over my wife was asking me if i was okay because this was definitely brand new for me on taking it and then after a little bit my stomach calmed down i took in some more food my stomach calmed down and i felt relief in the brain like holy cow is this really working and after a few days of taking it I was feeling normal. The inflammation in my brain was practically gone. Now, there's still some things that I can do that can irritate it. If I have too much caffeine, it can irritate my brain and inflammation kicks back, um, kicks back up. But as long as I watch what I take, watch what I do, I can bring the inflammation on down. I can communicate normally. I feel normal. I feel happier. I feel ecstatic. I feel like a better person. This was a God-given answer to me. It was phenomenal. And I give thanks to all to the Almighty God for helping me guide me in that direction. Because if I just went by my normal belief structure on that, I wouldn't have had discovered that. Um, let's take a look at EGCG some more there. Where can you find it? EGCG is probably best known for its roles as the major active compound in green tea. In fact, the numerous health benefits associated with green, drinking green tea are typically created 
or credited to its EGCG content. Though EGCG is predominantly found in green tea, it also exists in smaller amounts in other foods such as uh, white tea, oolong, and black teas. We could look beyond teas. We could look at fruits such as cranberries, strawberries, blackberries, kiwis, cherries, pears, peaches, apples, and avocados. Nuts, it's in nuts such as pecans, pistachios, and hazelnuts. The largest form of green tea, or EGCG though, is in green tea, and that is what's working best for me. Now, fruits and nuts. Certain fruits, and most nuts, are part of the keto diet. And this does play a role in that recovery phase and bringing that inflammation on down. Don't just use one form of anti-inflammatory. Use two forms of anti-inflammatory. Don't go off to Tylenol. Don't go off to ibuprofen. Don't go off to Excedrin looking for an over-the-counter drug to do this because that is not the way to do this. It's just a masking for the brain to help take away pain. We don't want to mask it. We want to solve it. So when you solve it, you get better. When you mask it, it's only a temporary, temporarily relief. Brain healing takes time. It can take days, weeks, months, years, or even in some cases, a lifetime. You'll never get over it. So the best way to do it is to solve this now, get get the anti-inflammation protocols in place for your own life. If you want the changes, if you want to feel normal, if you want to do better, or if you want your family members to be better on this, anyone who's experiencing symptoms from a brain injury, or even just who has ADHD, or even who has ADD, someone who has depression or anxiety, get control of the diet, Get control of the inflammation of the brain, and you can solve a lot. You can. Now, don't take my word for it. You need personal experience on this. You need to do this yourself. Do your own research. And, of course, consult with a doctor because I'm not a doctor. I'm a marketer, advertiser. I'm a man who knows how to get businesses in front of people so that way they'll buy stuff. The purpose of this, of course, is, well, I'm not selling for these guys. I'm practically selling you the idea of anti-inflammation. You go by what you need to do because this is what's worked for me. In order for me to provide for my family, I need my brain to keep on working. If my brain is not keeping on working, how am I going to provide for my family? I'm just going to be a walking, talking zombie. Well, talking if I'm lucky. Uh, (laughs) So... Anyways, we're going to come back to this more on uh, where you can find it there. While EGCG is a most researched and potential kitchen, other types like uh, Epi kitchen. There's a long word again there. You got to you got to really look at the site there. Here we go. I have it highlighted for you. Uh, E-P-I-G-A-L-L-O kitchen. There we go. There's the rest of the word. Uh, Epi kitchen. Three uh, gout. Galati or Galate may offer similar benefits. Plus, many of them are more widely available in food supply. Red wine, dark chocolate, uh, legumes, and most fruit. Sorry if I am corrupting some of these words. And most fruit are a few examples of foods that offer a hefty dose of health promoting catchins. 
a um, little bit a uh, little bit more into EGCG and then I'm going to move on to um, keto. Much of EGCG's claim to fame comes from a strong antioxidant capacity and potential to reduce stress and inflammation. I'm going to tell you this right now. My wife, my wife and I are looking at the car accident as a blessing from God because I was pretty miserable beforehand. I really was not happy. I was depressed. I was angry. There was various forms of things that were taking place in my life that was not helping my attitude. And I would even pray to God and ask him for help me to change this attitude. I would ask him for that help. And he smacked me with a car. Lo and behold, <laughs> if you ask for help, you got to ask, you got to accept uh, the answers that God gives you. But my wife and I both agree. I'm a better man now today as a result of that car accident than I was beforehand. After that car accident, when I had a head injury, I became even a worse person than what I was before. But when I took the challenge to become better than what I was before and to figure out how to get back to normal health, I am happy, physically happy, emotionally happy, mentally happy. I feel happiness and my spirituality feels like it's off the charts. I feel like I'm closer to God than what I've ever been before. Solve the inflammation. Solve the head injury. Take action now. And I, I know if you have this head injury, I know you're not happy. If you have anxiety and depression, you're obviously not happy. Solve the inflammation. Take care of your brain. Take care of your health. Going back to this, much of EGCG's claims. Um, nope, I already read that part. Uh, free radicals are highly reactive particles that can cause damage to your cells. Excessive free radical production leads to oxidative stress. As an antioxidant, EGCG protects your cells from damage associated with oxidative stress and suppresses the activity of pro-inflammatory chemicals produced in your body, such as tumor uh, necrosis factor alpha. Stress and inflammation are linked to a variety of chronic illnesses, including cancer, diabetes, and heart disease. Thus, the anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects of EGCG thought to be one of the main reasons for its broad disease preventing applications. Look up EGCG. It's very easy. Let me show you. All you got to do is go to a place like Google and go to ask it a question like, what is EGCG? Type it in, you get a variety of answers. You have it there on the right, you have it here in the list. Really easy to do. You can find your own answers. Test it out for yourself, see what works best. This is what's working for me. It was a God-given answer for me. If you need to pray like I do, pray and test. Go for it. Moving on, we are going to jump into Keto. And keto, I really want you to look this stuff up for yourself. Uh, keto is definitely 
a fantastic solution to inflammation, but it's also a, a fantastic solution to your health. After doing keto for a while, and I'm going to tell you how I got to start doing keto better, because when I first started it, I was very dirty. I was a grotesque, dirty keto, but it was working for a period of time. And then I really wanted to commit to it because I felt normal, normal. <laughs> and uh, so doing that, I took it to my doctor after being on keto for a while. And he was a new doctor. We just lost our old family physician. She moved on and then we got a new doctor. Um, and this gentleman's from India. Awesome guy already. And I was expecting to go on in there until the doctor was like, yeah, I'm doing the keto diet and told him about my health. In fact, geez, I went on in there. I got to stop my blood pressure medication. I told him I haven't taken it for quite some time. Need to get some tests done. That he was very all encouraging of it. And he says, this is definitely great. And he was telling me the benefits of high fat diet. And he says, this isn't the high fat diet where you go to Burger King, McDonald's and just eat the patty or eat the sausage itself and call it good. No, you got to be smart about it. You got to eat the high fat vegetables. You got to eat the high fat foods also. So definitely don't cut out proteins. But um, if you cut out protein, there's definitely something else with high fats. You got to do your research on there. But there are healthy fats that you need to take into your body. You get the healthy fats. He was telling me that your heart loves fat. Your brain loves fat. And so when he told me that when my blood pressure dropped and my brain is actually feeling phenomenal and I'm feeling normal as a result of the keto diet, he is not surprised because your brain and your heart loves fat. So you need to get the fats going in it. What are some great ways of getting fats? You got grass-fed butter. That's a great way of cooking, cooking your uh, vegetables in there is definitely awesome. You got um, you got avocados, which is a source of excellent omega-3s and high fats. Omega-3 pills is definitely an excellent source of high fats. You can eat burger patties, but don't go off and get burger patties from um, – don't get uh, pre-made burger patties from the store, but get the raw burger patties. Add your own seasonings to them. Cook them up. Uh, try various forms of foods. Look it up. Um, keto is also high in fiber. They work at net carbs. Um, they count net carbs, which is uh, fiber minus carbohydrates. It... Um, you definitely want to cut out your sodas. You want to cut out your sugar. So no high corn fructose syrup and absolutely no sugar part of keto. Now, carbohydrates is definitely good because carbohydrates does fuel the muscles and your muscles need something to burn off and to give you energy. So you need to look at what is the right amount of carbohydrates for you to take in and what is the right type of carbohydrates to take in. And those right type of carbohydrates is not sugar. At least not, not the sugar that is added to your foods, but sugar, sugars that naturally occur in your foods. So look at the appropriate fruits, look at the appropriate vegetables, because vegetables have carbohydrates in it as well, and see what the appropriate type. Remember, do your own research and see what works best for you. Test it out and see what high fats do it. You also uh, do need salads. Uh, don't be afraid of salad dressings. Uh, don't be afraid of ranch and uh, different forms of stuff there. And remember that the more fiber that you have in food, the more it cancels out carbohydrates as well. And so that's all a measuring process. Um, here I am on Wikipedia. We're gonna take a look at what Wikipedia has. 
as far as keto diet goes. Now, a fair warning about keto. Well, no, I'm sorry, not keto. A fair warning about Wikipedia. Uh, I like it because I get into sometimes I get into these political discussions with uh, people, and when you get into these political discussions, sometimes they just start browsing around the web, and they start grabbing links here. It's like, see, this says it. It matches up with me. It works. It's true. What news source, be honest with yourself, what news source do you go to now these days that has the truth? I mean, any news company is jumping at almost any story, publishing things online faster than you can count in your hand, um, faster than you can blink if you're lucky. It's, it's like these things are working at a massive machine and you can't keep up with it. But I'm not going to bash journalism right now. We're not jumping into politics, but a fair warning about Wikipedia. And I say this from personal experience. Wikipedia can be edited by anyone, and those edits are accepted immediately. Anyone can jump on in there. Wikipedia is community-based information, and it's working off of the good faith of people that people will take care of this program appropriately. And so anyone can contribute to it. If you're a good, honest person, please contribute to Wikipedia if you have some information to share. Um, but if you don't, please don't touch it. I don't need you to, cor to corrupt this stuff. Uh, but I always have references for you. This is what I like about uh, Wikipedia as well. It does um, have you put references on in there. Uh, I've gone on in. I've made edits to things or I've added things before. Uh, it's very fairly easy to do. Uh, it's a simple process that Wikipedia has. And sometimes um, I'm not sure about what their whole complete process is, but a community can contribute to it wonderful thing but don't be fully reliant upon it look at the resources that they have on there look at the references have on there but this is some good information i'm going to read some of it to you and i'm going to give you some more of my opinion on it from my personal experience now, the ketogenic diet here we go the ketogenic diet is a high fat adequate protein low carbohydrate diet that is medicine is used mainly to treat hard to control epilepsy in children epilepsy in children holy cow now before i move on what is uh, epilepsy we have a pop-up that comes on up here we go we do epilepsy is a group of neurological disorders characterized by recurrent epileptic seizures epileptic seizures are episodes that can vary from brief and nearly undetectable periods to long periods of vigorous shaking these episodes can result in and of course we can click on epilepsy and look more at it Epilepsy is part of a neurological disorder from my understanding on it. Don't take my word for it. Look it up yourself. But if keto really has a factor on the brain, on the brain and on the heart, or the high fat does, why wouldn't it work? Let's take a look at it. If it can work for your brain in that kind of disorder, why can't it work for healing of the brain? Why can't it work for ADHD, depression, and anxiety? I believe it can because I am living it every day. Uh, okay, so low-carbohydrate medicine that is used okay, to treat hard-to-control hard epilepsy in children. The diet forces the body to burn fats rather than carbohydrates. 
That's the objective. Now, where I said your muscles need carbohydrates to burn, I got that from my doctor. He says that your your muscles do need carbohydrates to burn. I've also learned from doing CrossFit and doing the keto diet that my energy level is definitely different. My energy level has actually dropped, and I'm trying to figure out what is the appropriate carbohydrate intake to increase energy level. And the more I test, the more energy I'm increasing. But I got to make sure that I got to keep that right balance where my body is burning fat dominantly versus carbohydrates hydrates dominantly because when it burns fat my brain and heart is a lot healthier i'm a lot happier and i'm just i'm fantastic <laughs> so this can definitely um, help you out normal carbohydrates in foods are converted to glucose which is then transported around the body and is import which is transported around the body and is important in fueling brain function. But if little carbo carbohydrates, th this is funny. Okay, now, personal experience, my brain, I feel normal and my brain feels more on fire with keto. And saying carbohydrates is definitely normal carbohydrates are converted to glucose and burning it. But then yet, from what my doctor has told me and from what I've experienced personally and from what my nutritionist or new. Uh, my nutritional therapist has been working with me on. There's another one. Um, my brain is on fire. My brain is more on fire than what it's ever been before with high fats diet, with my body focusing primarily on it. I'm only worried about the carbohydrates with the muscles. I'm not worried about the carbohydrates with the brain because the fats is making it work a lot better. So there's some misinformation here. Like I said, be careful of Wikipedia. Uh, but if little carbohydrates remains in the diet, the liver converts fat into fatty acids and ketone bodies. The, la the latter passing into the brain and replacing glucose as an energy source. An elevated level of ketone bodies in the blood, a state called ketosis. Eventually eventually lowers the uh, frequency of epileptic seizures or also returns normal function to those who are brain injured. Around half of children and young people with epilepsy who have tried some form of this diet saw the number of seizures drop by at least half and the effect persists after discontinuing the diet. Some evidence shows that adults with epilepsy may benefit from the diet, that a less strict regimen, such as modified Atkins diet, is similarly effective. Side effects may include constipation, high cholesterol, growth, slowing, acidones, and kidney stones. I'd like to address one part on here. It says uh, some of the effects of uh, keto is high cholesterol. Where's my phone? Give me a moment. I'm, I gotta grab my phone. All right. Now, the reason why I'm grabbing my phone here is because my phone gets information from the hospital. Every time the hospital were to go ahead and run blood tests, I get the information back. And I get it back in my app. I get a bell to take a look at, um, I bell to take a look at the results of what, um, Of what this is if i was really thinking about this i should have had this prepared beforehand so i do apologize on this if you are not doing keto right 
If you're not taking in the right kinds of fats, you will experience high cholesterol. And that high cholesterol can kill you. It can cause you some other symptoms. You need to do keto right in order to be healthy and strong. There is a right way of doing keto. There is healthy fats that will actually make your body right. So my doctor, my doctor gave me fair warning on this and I am thankful that he was honest with me on this because I've talked with other people. I've talked with other people who have been on keto. My nutritional therapist had even warned me more to me about going to get blood tests being on keto because she says my cholesterol will probably be thrown off the charts if I go in, go in to get tested for cholesterol. It, it, it would. I was beginning to believe that. When I told my doctor that I was on keto and he wanted to test my blood, he just said, you know, he was very encouraging of keto. He says, keto is excellent. If you have eaten today, let's not do the blood test today. Make sure that you are fasting at minimum eight hours without food. And that can just be easily sleep overnight, get tested the next morning, and you're good. And let's see where you're at, because those are going to be the most honest numbers you're going to have with your cholesterol levels. Like, awesome. Awesome. Well... A few days later, I go in and get tested at the doctor's office, and I make sure that I had the eight hours minimum of fasting, practically sleep overnight. I woke up the next morning. I was in the doctor's office at eight in the morning to get my blood drawn. What happened to my cholesterol? My cholesterol was not up there. It was actually normal. I get a call back from the doctor's office. They tell me, hey, we got your test results in. Your cholesterol is normal. Fantastic. What can you tell me? Like, it's normal. Nothing's wrong. No concerns. You're good to go. Awesome. Well, that's all I knew. A couple weeks later, I finally got the results in on my charts. And I'm looking at every one of these things. And I'm looking at the app. I'm looking at them for every one of my cholesterol counts. And they are normal. Normal, normal, normal. Like, what the heck is going on here? It. I have never seen it because I had a doctor... I had a doctor before that tested me on the on um, my blood before, and he uh, told me that he was very concerned because my cholesterol was definitely very high. This was not long after the car accident, and uh, I wanted to get that resolved. So I did get that resolved by going on, well, my own version of a diet. I ate more vegetables. I still ate meats, uh, still had breads and stuff, and I was able to bring that back on down, but something that I was never able to see before everything is either in normal range or below normal range as far as cholesterol goes and these are harmful cholesterols there's one cholesterol that is out of range and uh it's on a 40 to 60 scale for normal and i was tested at 80 milligrams of this cholesterol so which means i was way over the charts is hdlc cholesterol Geez, what is that? I had to go look that up myself. So when I went to go look up HDLC, I've come to learn that it is the good kind of cholesterol. The cholesterol that promotes healthy cholesterol within the body it is the kind of cholesterol that you want. It, and everything else, as long as you keep those in normal ranges or lower, you're good and you're healthy. And I had no issues to worry about with, with the HDLC. 
being past normal levels. So this was fantastic for me to read. I was excited. I was stoked. Keto just really was doing me a lot of good. Um, a little bit more on keto, and we're going to wrap this up. The original therapeutic diet for uh, pediatric epilepsy provides just enough protein for body growth and repair and sufficient calories to maintain the correct weight for age and height. The classic therapeutic ketogenic diet was developed for treatment. It was developed for treatment of pediatric epilepsy in the 1920s and was widely used in the next decade, but its popularity um, waned with the introduction of effective anti-convolucent medications. The classic ketogenic diet contains a 4 to 1 ratio by weight of fat to combine protein and carbohydrates. This is achieved by excluding high carbohydrates foods such as starchy fruits and vegetables, bread, pasta, grains, and sugar, while increasing the consumption of food high in fats such as nuts, cream, and butter. Most dietary fat is made of molecules called long-chain triglycerides. However, Medium-chain triglycerides, or MCTs, made from fatty acids with shorter uh, carbon chains than LCTs are more ketogenic. A variety of classic diet, known as the MCT ketogenic diet, uses the form of coconut oil, which is rich in MCTs, to provide around half the calories and less overall fat is needed in the variant of diet. A greater proportion of carbohydrate and protein can be consumed, allowing a greater variety of food choices. Fair warning, keto is not easy to go on. It is a change, but you still get fruit. You still get some fruits. You still get some vegetables. And you still have meat if you're a meat eater. Have have your meat, not what you normally find. Um, every once in a great while, do a fast food meat if you want meat. Don't do the bread. Do the veggies. Do do uh, lettuce wrap. Bread. I had found. I'd found that getting off bread, and I would like to look into more as to why why bread has such an effect on me, but it does affect my brain. I feel the inflammation increase with bread. I feel my blood pressure increase with bread. And so being off of uh, normal bread um, helps, but going on a nut-based bread, uh, flat bread, definitely helps me be able to be filled much more faster. Uh, keto can make you feel full in comparison to a normal living everyday diet. And um, it is a lifestyle change. It is education. But for me, it's worthwhile every bit of the way. So two things. Well, before I jump on to the two things, to help me get my keto diet straightened out because I was very dirty, grotesquely dirty with keto, I did look into a nutritional therapist who was one of the coaches at uh, my CrossFit gym. And I paid for her services, which is definitely great. She was able to coach me. She was able to teach me. She was able to give me the correct guidance as to where to look for resources. Uh, speaking with her on a regular uh, basis helped me be able to get the right proper balance. 
and the right kind of education. She understands my head injury needs and she provides additional resources to help bring the inflammation down, which there is a variety of ideas. Some ideas I haven't tried out yet, some I have, uh, but keto and the two things, keto diet and EGCG are two of the most effective diets I had ever done. And so there you have it. Tackle the inflammation, get control of your health. This does not just have to be for post-concussive syndrome treatment. The stuff that I read was for epilepsy. If you're a doctor and you're listening to this, I'm challenging you. Do some research on this, explore the reason why keto works great for post-concussion treatment. This information needs to get on out there. It needs to be spread throughout the ways. If it can help epilepsy, and if it can help my post-concussive syndrome, keto can help ADHD, it can help depression, it can help anxiety. Same thing with EGCG because it is treating inflammation of the brain. We need to talk about that more often. We need to discuss that more often. It needs to be a common issue. When people say it's all in your head, they usually talk about, oh, you're crazy, it's a mental thing. Well, it is in the head, but it's a physical injury. It's an actual physical thing that is happening to your head, and it's not some mental disorder. It is a physical change of the brain that needs to be treated, a physical injury that needs to be treated. We need to treat it as such. Thank you for joining me. I'm David. This is Ender Pursuit. Once again, if you like what this video, please go to enderpursuit.com. Uh, subscribe to the video, like it, uh, subscribe to my podcast, share it, and please offer your support in any way that you can. Uh, thank you, and God bless.